Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, today we're going to have a little fun. Now, I've got an article here out of success. It says... Tips to achieve anything you want in life. I guess it's 10 tips to achieve anything you want in life. I always like these little things to go down and see if it makes any sense or if it helps me visualize and focus on what it is that successful people do compared to non-successful people. So let's talk about the 10 tips to achieve anything you want in life. The first one is focus on commitment, not on motivation. Just how committed are you to your goal? How important is it? for you and what are you willing to sacrifice in order to achieve it if you find yourself fully committed motivation will follow those of you who know me for a long time know that if not once it's ten thousand times i said i don't like motivation i don't like motivators i don't like people get up and yell and scream and jump up and down and and try to get you rah-rah i won't go to a seminar where they make you stand up and hug each other or stand up and stretch or any of this stupid stuff that they do tony robbins is one of the worst i mean he gets you all fired up and excited and then you, what i think it's like it's like take a little toy duck and you wind it up and you put it on the ground and it flops around flop 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 flop, flop, flop that hits the wall and falls over that's what I see as motivation. So when this guy says focus on commitment, I say focus on commitment to the project, whatever the project in hand is, getting in shape. Commit yourself to getting in shape. Focus on the commitment. Don't focus, you know, on getting motivated to get it. Forget the motivational step. You don't need it. Commit to the results. And then as we walk, work through the rest of this stuff, you'll see that that commitment to the results is what's going to get you there. Because number two, I think, is an important tie-in with number one in. That is seek knowledge, not results. Now, what I've found is, is that if you try to just get out there and do something, I told you this story 10, 20 times about me going out there and rebuilding this train layout three different times before I finally went to an expert, to a pro, and got all my questions answered because I kept getting into it and running into something a design flaw that was designed into the very plan. So you'd get to that design flaw. When you run up against it, you could go no further. You had to take it all apart and start over again. I did that two or three times. Finally, I realized what I need to do is I need to totally envision the entire project. And so I started studying what it takes to put one of these projects together. Now, I did the same thing when I wanted to figure out how to do rental houses. I did the same thing when I wanted to figure out how to do apartment houses. I did the same thing when I wanted to become a bodybuilder, powerlifter, Olympic lifter. I studied these things. And as I studied them and practiced and tried some of the techniques, I found that you eventually master those techniques, but you're mastering the correct technique is what is really important. Uh, Vince Lombardi used to say, Practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. 
So you've got to have the knowledge of what to do before you start doing it. I know so many type A people. They just go. Melissa is a type A person. The way she buys stuff, she'll go to the store and buy 15 different things for one item she wants. And then she says she'll take them back if she doesn't want them. And she has to see them in the spot. And what it really comes down to, she's got to be doing something. She's got to be trying, trying. Instead of planning and envisioning and, and designing like a designer would, she just has to throw mud at the wall and hope something sticks. That's her personality. And I can't do anything about it. That's my girl. I love her the way she is, but that's her problem. She's just a mud-on-the-wall kind of person. Inevitably, she buys stuff she never takes back. She forgets to take it back. She loses it, wastes money, wastes time going back and forth to the store. Instead, this time when I did my train, I put it together on a CAD-CAM system, and I designed everything before I started building. No part of the building was going to go on until I knew exactly on the CAD CAM where it was going to be, how it was going to be, how it was going to be laid out, so on and so forth. And when I had that design knowledge in front of me, it became possible for me to accomplish this stuff, right? And number three, make the journey fun. It not only became possible for me to accomplish these high-end skills, it became fun doing so. You make it fun when you understand what it is you're doing. You make it unfun when you slam yourself into a wall, fall down, get up, slam yourself into a wall again, get up, fall down. That's no fun. To be successful, the journey has to be as much fun as the destination. And so the journey needs a map. Uh, We're on tip number four now, and the tip number one was focus on commitment. Tip number two was seek knowledge, and tip number three was make the journey fun. Number four, it says get rid of stagnating thoughts. Thoughts influence feelings, and feelings determine how you view your work. You have a lot of thoughts in your head. You always have a choice of which ones to focus on, ones that will make you emotionally stuck or the ones that will move you forward. Excitement, experimenting trying new things, etc. Uh, guys, I got out of the hospital and I had all kinds of thoughts. I had, oh my God, am I going to die from this? Oh my God, they just stitched my stomach back together. I can barely move. I hurt everywhere. Uh, you know, I don't know if I can do anything. I could, I could injure myself again. I don't know what to eat because I can tear up my stomach insides. You know, I was just had all these stagnating thoughts and I finally just told myself, I'm not going to think that way. I'm going to think positively uh, and get that stuff out of the way and just start thinking about, okay, what can I do? What can I accomplish? And all of a sudden, uh, even though I couldn't accomplish heavy physical tasks, I started accomplishing things. I got lists and lists and lists of things I wanted to get done that other people did, that I just needed to manage the process or find the right person to do the work. You know, there was time commitment, but no physical pressure on me to do the the heavy lifting of the deal. As time went on, those projects got larger and larger and larger. I started taking on small amounts of physical activity. And uh, now that I'm about four weeks out from the operation, I'm at the point now where I'm thinking about maybe even starting to do some very, very light calisthenic type stuff just to 
get some of the muscles that haven't been used back into realizing their muscles. But all of this, focusing on the, the trains and the layout, focusing on changing around my financial situation again this year, which I changed last year, a lot of things, looking at it again for what changes I'm going to make this year, focusing on um, getting that bucket list item off the list, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Focusing on these things is has covered up the stagnation thoughts, the ones that saying you can't. And you've got to get those out of your mind, folks. The next one is use your imagination. Boy, I'll tell you what, I love using my imagination. I found myself in bed last night at 2 o'clock in the morning, dreaming, not dreaming, mentally walking myself through my train layout, mentally walking through my garage development, uh, workshop development, uh, walking myself through my landscaping development for my house, uh, just I know Melissa's just imagining and walking herself through all the stuff we're going to have. And it's just, it's that, that spice of life, guys. Imagination is the spice of life. Uh, I really think like, you know, the only real sports teams I watch, I watch the Rockets because they're almost always doing well. I watch football Texans if they are doing well. If they're not, I don't even care. And I don't watch baseball at all. Baseball is like watching grass grow. About every two or three minutes, something happens. It's really that and golf I can't watch. But I'll watch it if it's the, uh, you know, the pennant. And they're playing for the last game of the series. And, you know, this could be a, a win. All of those things you do, though, is you envision, you dream. What if? This team could pull this off. What if they got one more good guy that made the difference on the team? All those types of imaginative thoughts are what make life really fun. So you imagine what a vacation could be like. You imagine what your wedding could be like. You imagine what kind of fitness, what kind of shape you could be in uh, once you started working out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You imagine the way you design your home. You imagine the way you play your hobbies. All those imaginational things are what we live for. I believe, truthfully, and I've read this somewhere, and then I'll tell you what I really believe. I read somewhere that all things are built three times. They're built in the mind, then they're built in the plans, and then they're built, physically built. But first of all, they have to be conceived and believed in the mind once they're conceived and believed, they have to be put down on paper in some manner so that there's a plan to follow. And then the third, you physically take action, right? And I actually think that the most fun part of all of that is designing it in your mind. Because when you're designing in your mind, there's no limitation. There's nothing saying... You can't have a billion dollars. I could sit down right now and I can imagine myself to a billion dollars if that's where what if that's what my goal was. I have other friends that um, that I think that is their goal. They want to be a billionaire. To me, it's not my goal. But if it was, I could easily sit down and go, okay, if I do this, 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 and this, this year, the next year, and one more year, I could be a billionaire. I could be a billionaire for three years from now. That's the imagination. That's the beauty of it all. Think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill said. 
whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, it can achieve. So it's just a matter of getting your imagination going. Then the last part is, number six, stop being nice to yourself. Stop letting yourself cheap out on activity. Taking the easy way, not tackling the challenges you run into. The map has a process to it. You don't go to Z, then to B, then to G. You go A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And when you get to C, and it's a tough part of the project, dive into the project. Don't wimp out. So many people wimp out at the first sign of difficulty in any challenge that they take on in their life. You can't do that, folks. Getting through that sticking point will make the rest of it just feel like a breeze. And maybe you have two sticking points in a project. But man, the one thing's nice about overcoming a sticking point, and this is why I love the, the learning aspect of doing all this stuff, once I learn some new electrical techniques, I've got them for life to use over many, many different possibilities. When I learn woodworking techniques or metal and shop techniques and welding techniques, all these different construction techniques, once I've learned them, I now have them available to me to build anything and everything I want. So now my mind can imagine even greater, larger, more complex projects. Stuff that I could never dream of before because I couldn't say, how could you even do that but once you know how to do it then that knowledge is transferable to other aspects of your life so stop being nice to yourself step number six and get out there and tackle those tough parts of the project we'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. There is a dream killer here somewhere today. You're going to run into somebody that's going to tell you this stuff doesn't work. Like Vinette said, it's a scam. This is probably a multi-level marketing program. Somebody is going to tell you it doesn't work because you're the wrong race the wrong age, the wrong sex, the wrong sexual preference, the something or other, that this is all set up so rich people can be successful and all you poor people can't. And if you believe that, they've won. But if you don't, you win. Don't believe the dream killers. Start winning today with the Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop. Get the knowledge you need to replace your income in two to five years, and then find out how to take action. Register for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're discussing 10 tips to achieving anything you want in life. 
And we are currently on number seven, which is get rid of distractions. Meaningless things and distractions will always be in your way, especially those easy, uh, usual things you would rather do instead of focusing on your new challenging and meaningful projects. Learn to focus on what is important. Write a list of time wasters and hold yourself accountable to not do them. So you've got to isolate yourself away from distractions. Number eight. Don't rely on others. Now, we say that business is a team sport, so we are relying on others. What this is meaning, and what I take it to mean is, don't rely on others to do your part of the process. If you're the owner, then act like the owner. Do the owner's work. If you're the supervisor, then do the supervisor's work. Don't try to get somebody else to do your work for you. Don't shuffle it up to the owner and don't shuffle it down to the underlings. If you're the manager, do the manager's work, vice versa, assistant manager, so on and so on and so on and so forth, whatever it is you're doing. If you're out there getting yourself in shape, don't wait for someone else. I don't need a workout partner to go to the gym. I don't need a workout partner to go out to the garage. Hey, let's go do this. No. Go do it yourself. Get it done. Don't expect other people to have the same uh, goals as you. In fact, most people have completely different agenda than you do. And if you try to tie them with you, I'll tell you one of them that gets me all the time. I really like to spend time with Melissa, spend a lot of time, do a lot of things together because we have a lot of similar interests. But sometimes I get trapped in a car with her and she's on a I'm going to hit 20 store return tour. And I thought we were just going to go get some lunch. And I'll look up. It's from noon. We're back at the house at 6, 7 o'clock at night. And has wasted one whole day of my life is gone because I got trapped in that car on that's go return stuff tour. Right. Or I've got a few errands to run. Would you like to go with me and we'll get some lunch? No. You go do your errands, I'll do what i got to do, then we'll meet for lunch is what I've had to change it to. We've had to go to that process because it was just killing me. And she's always going to win. If there's an argument on what we're going to do, she's going to win. Number one, she always drives. Uh, She refused to let me drive, and I don't mind being chauffeured around. So she always wins on where we're going. I end up never getting anything done the day that I go with her. So... Nowadays, it's like, you go do yours, I'll go do mine, and we'll meet in common ground somewhere like to eat. Or if there's a store we both want to go to or something like that. But don't rely on other people to get you through your process. Number nine, probably one of the most important, have a plan. Right? Fill out a plan. A yearly calendar, a monthly calendar, a weekly calendar... Plan your day in advance, one whole day in advance. So when I go to bed at night, I'm laying in bed. I'm planning today. When I got up today, I had a game plan of about 15 items I wanted to get done. And by 11, when I started this radio show, I'd already done like seven of them. Yes, like seven of the 15. I'm over in half by the time I did the radio show. Radio show's one of them. I had planned the radio show, so that was eight And now I've got seven more to do, and they're sitting there on a list. Boom, 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 boom. I will nail those. I will hammer them out. And by the end of the day, I will have a massively successful day. And you tie one massively successful day to another, to another, and pretty soon you've got a massively successful week. 
That's what you've got to do. That's the way it works. Last but not least, number 10, protect yourself from burnout. It's very easy to burn out when you're running 1,000 miles an hour. And if you're living at this high level of expectancy that I'm talking to you about all the time, it is very easy to burn out. I find myself getting up at 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning every day, attacking my list, getting stuff done, having an interruption in the middle of the day to do a radio show, then attacking my list after that. And by 6 or 7 o'clock at night, I am burnt out, tired, but I don't go to sleep. I get back in learning mode, get on the computer and start studying and learning, or maybe I'll pick up a, a basketball game or whatever it be, and then I don't go to bed till 1 or 2 o'clock at night. Right? But you have to understand, that can burn you out. So here's the trick that I use. Have your goals set up so that they are different topics, different things. My financial goals, my email goals, my train goals, my garage goals, my yard goals. Right now we're building a mailbox, a stone mailbox goal. Have all those lined up and have a plan for each one of those. And then jam it into one of them and then stop. Walk away and do another one. If you can change from a physical activity to a mental activity and back and forth, you can disrupt the boredom, and boredom is not the right word for it, just the intense drawdown of doing the same thing intensely for a long period of time. That can help you fight back this constant potential for burnout that's there if you're going to draw yourself into these things and run a thousand miles an hour. We're going to hit the email basket now and see uh, we've got some interesting questions here. i got some short ones and some long ones. So I'm going to try to nail a couple of short ones up front here. It says, um, this is not a member question. I own a home. I do not live in it. I owe 130000 and receive an offer, received an offer of 230000 Should I sell or rent it out for income? If I sell, should I use the money for other properties, which is best? All right, here's the way I look at this. You got too much equity in that house. It's, the equity's got to come out. You're either going to refinance the equity out, turn it into a rental house, and you're only going to do that if it makes sense. If you're going to get positive cash flow, and the positive cash flow should be a, a minimum of $200 a month positive cash flow. It might be as much as four or five hundred. If it's not going to do that, then you're better off to sell the house and 1031 that extra hundred thousand dollars into at least five other houses. Um, easy to buy five houses with $100,000. I've seen people do as many as 10 with $100,000. So depending on where you're buying them at, if you're going to buy them right, you're going to buy them in markets like Texas uh, or other states where you can get homes for low prices comparatively to the rents. And so in that one. Now, if this house is too expensive, but there is no positive cash, we absolutely have to sell it. There's no rental possibility for it. You never want to rent a house and not have positive cash flow because there are other expenses besides just the mortgage payment. Next question says, uh, my name is Ryan. I love your show. Thanks for answering my questions. I just wanted to say I don't know where to begin. I have about 80,000 student loans, and I'm not sure if I should just focus on paying those off first or if I can get started paying them off, what do you think is my best plan? Uh, I asked him to score, 720 credit score, six-figure job, has income. The bottom line is paying off a bunch of debt uh, doesn't do you any good at all. 
It doesn't. No matter what Dave Ramsey says, I can prove Dave Ramsey wrong a thousand times to Sunday. That if you take and spend $80,000 of your liquid funds, you've got out of maybe 5% on $80,000, which is going to be five times eight, $4,000 a year of interest. On the other hand, you take that 80000 and go buy yourself four houses, uh, the cash flow of 500 bucks a month each, you've got, let's see, 500 would be $2,000 a month. That's $24,000 a year. I would much, much rather pay the interest on the debt and have 24000 a year coming in to pay $4,000 worth of interest payments. Truth of the matter is, once you have that $80,000 making you $2,000 a month, it will be much easier for you to pay off that debt. But if you keep the logic in line, the logic is going to say, hey, there really is no reason to pay the debt off any quicker than what the debt says you have to pay it off. Because the more cash you can get into investments, the more money you're going to own. And uh, this is just going to make it easier and easier and easier for you to be wealthy. While at the same time all that's going on, you're accumulating wealth. You now own assets. Those assets are increasing in value constantly. So you may you may gain 4% return on a $100,000 house. It's you know $4,000 a year times 4, 16,000 a year just in equity capture. Number 2, you're getting tax uh, depreciation to cover your taxes, so the income is tax-free. There's five ways we make money in real estate. All you're doing is getting out of paying interest. We're making five times the result by buying the rental properties. No, don't pay the $80,000 down. It doesn't make any sense. Next question. My brokerage account so have $250,000 insurance coverage against risk. Now, first of all, I've never heard of a brokerage account having insurance against risk. I mean, insuring risk, right, uh, in the stock market just doesn't make any sense to me. But let's say maybe he's got stops in there that if it goes down more than 250000 they they sell, they don't lose anymore, whatever. What protections will the passive investments have against risk of incompetence? There is no protection in life against risk of incompetence other than education. And that's why to become a lead investor at Lifestyles, you first have to pass with 100% score a educational program on how to buy, locate, evaluate, negotiate, contract, and operate apartment complexes. Number two, you have to take another course on how to legally raise capital, how to deal with partners fairly and safely. And you have to agree to follow the white paper regulations which means you agree to do it the right way. Um, and with all of that education, all the help that's out there, there's very, very, very little risk possibilities if someone's following everything we say. But is there insurance for risk of stupidity? No, stupidity is a non-curable event that when someone has it, it's just too bad. Next email, I'm registered to attend your uh, seminar in Detroit. I'm just a guy in Detroit who's working Ford Motor Company. I used to have a real estate license. Um, thought I was going to retire my 20s, but women and partying got in the way. Question I've seen, recalled, hearing somewhere, is it a great idea to establish an LLC for your each rental property? No. Nope. When you start out buying single-family houses, you can't get Fannie Mae loans if you have LLCs. So we don't use LLCs when we buy single-family homes. However, 
once we start buying apartment complexes, each and every apartment complex we have is going to be inside of a different LLC for liability protection. Hope this all helped out today. Hope you learned something. Get out there and get off the couch. Do something. Remember, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. Information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.